Ladies and gentlemen, all rise. Court is back in session. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Devil's Due. I am your host, Carl Duty. With me, as always, is a man who doesn't need any stinking badges, Mr. Drew Celestino. See, badges? Badges. About badgers. No, no, just badges. Oh. We could all do with more badgers. I mean, I I'm mean, sure they serve some ecological purpose. Uh, well, I mean, if Ron Raul's Wild Kingdom, we don't need no more stinking badgers. <laughs> and did you know that the turtle is nature's suction cup? It's, look, it stinks. <laughs> if you get that reference, folks, you're, you're good you're, people. You're good people. Uh, sir, here we are back again. Day late, but not a dollar short. Uh, I check my wallet on that. Yes, <laughs> well, you never know. You never know. Uh, opening sir, statement, sir. How was your week? It's good. I'm adjusting sl- slightly to a new sleeping schedule. So okay, um, we're, we're I'm up at uh, about five thirty every day now. Okay, and the goal is five. I mm. haven't hit that goal yet, but that's yeah. that is the goal. Uh, the idea will be to wake up at five and start start the old workout before anyone is awake and any the wiser yeah we'll see five but to be honest i mean getting up at five thirty. once i get i want once i'm out, out like out of bed and up it's fine i'm on the routine get up feed the dogs yeah. get in the shower make the coffee everything's fine but adding in that extra half hour and then a workout that might mentally yeah, that's a tall order to get over now you've done like workout regiments in both morning and afternoon. Yes. Do you have a preference? Does the morning workout really like get you energized for the day and whatnot? Um, I'm not so sure about the energized for the day, but it at least gets it out of the way, mm. and you feel like it's, yeah. okay, that's done. Engage the yeah. rest of the day. The problem having in the afternoon is like after work, I'm my willpower is just kind of yeah. sucked dry, and I don't really want to do anything. Um, so the morning is really it. And, uh, I've just been kind of dabbling in some, um, I don't know, like motivational mentality articles and whatnot. And the 5am wake up call is, uh, if, if you can get up at five and get your day started, you will be more productive for that day. Mm. And in theory it works, but in practice it's very difficult. So I would have to backing up an hour from when I'm waking up now. Yep. No, I think I'll sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some I'm in bed by 10, if not 9:30 nowadays. I feel Ooh. like a child, like mm. like when I was when I was a kid. It's bedtime. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> but anyway, the week has been fine. Um not a whole ton to report. Um been mostly playing Hollow Knight still. Um 30 some hours into it now. The world just keeps getting bigger. It's pretty pretty incredible. Um, there, there's something else we've all been playing, which... Oh, we'll, there sure is. We'll, we'll talk about we'll that. We'll get to... Oh, we sure our, will. Because we actually have a listener question on it. Great. Great. We'll talk about that. But, uh, yeah, that that's really uh, about it um, for me. I had... Uh, you know, I made dinner with the pops on Saturday. Uh, yeah. I made some, some delicious carnitas, which are becoming like a... New specialty of mine. Yeah. Um, super easy to make. We should do a kitchen 
uh, stew segment. Of, remember those? <laughs> you should do one of those about that one of these days. Um, I remember those. I was always like, you got a segment for tonight? Your response was usually, uh... I, I mean, I wing it a lot on, on, <laughs> on recipes and stuff, so it's kind of hard to keep up with that segment. Maybe, maybe once in a blue moon we'll, we'll throw that back in. So if you want to know how to make the carnitas, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll tell you how to make them, so... You can all write in. You know the email address, man. You want to, you want to yeah. bring that stuff back? Let us know, and we'll we'll bring it back. Otherwise, you know, we got other things to talk about. We listen to the fans. The fan. <laughs> we have more than one. Yeah, we got yeah, two, possibly Jay less than Allen. ten. Oh wow! I, okay, no, I don't know. Um, I anyway, no solid numbers on that. No, not not much else is uh, going on. Cool. So how was your week? My week was. Good. Um, had an X-wing tournament on Saturday. It doesn't sound like that trophy's yours anymore. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. It was bad. Crash and burn, huh, Mav? Bad. Okay. <laughs> I had like a garbage time victory, but yeah, wasn't good. Didn't go well. Um, but I mean, other than that, it was still fun. We had an Iron Buffalo. So I noticed your your new your new head headgear. Yes, Iron Buffalo has hats now, and I I eagerly snatched one up and proudly wear it. Um. So yeah, there was that. Um, Julie had a work function she was required to go to last night. I love the required work function. Yeah, it's kind of aggravating to me. Not not so much because the the show had to get postponed tonight because I couldn't find a sitter for William, but just. You know, the fact that, like, we're going to this thing, you kind of have to go to it. <laughs> That's really... Because angry. going to your job isn't mandatory I mean, enough. Yeah, don't get me wrong. A nice dinner on the company is not the worst thing in the world. Right. But... After yeah. work, the last thing you want to do is work. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, I don't think much else really went on. This past week. We're boring. We're old. Yeah, I mean, we didn't... Why didn't we have game night Friday night again? I had cousins night. Yeah, cousins night. I had about... Uh, ooh, how many of my cousins came over? Many? Six or seven of them, I think. Yeah, a lot of my cousins. Almost all of them were cool. over Friday night. Uh, I made chili. We watched the disastrous hockey game and just kind of had drinks and hung around and reminisced. and It was yeah. cool. They're all kind of disastrous now. They are. It's it's a thing. It's rough, but you know, as Buffalo sports fans, we're we're used to it. I mean, I've got lots of thoughts on the Buffalo sports. It's like, scene, it's like, it's like I've always said, man. Being a Buffalo sports fan is like taking a, taking a vow of poverty. Uh, yeah, and it shouldn't be. It really shouldn't. I could go no. off on a on a big tear about our sports mentality and the mentality of the owners, and but. We'll save that for... Let's table that for another, another day. time. I have a lot to say about it. All right, folks. If you'd like to tell us about your weeks or send us in any questions or comments to be read on the show, you can do so at the following locations. You can go to Twitter and follow us at Devil's Do Pod. You can go to our Facebook page and please like our page at facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at thedevilsdopod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, thedevilsdopodcast.com. Drew, as always, that being said, we do have some emails. 
Good. <laughs> First emails from our young listener, Mr. Brendan Budnick. Hey, Carl and Drew, I was just wondering what your opinions were on Tetris 99 <laughs> and what ridiculous battle royal is going to be next. Drew, we have been playing a lot of Tetris 99. Now, this will link into a news story we're going to talk about later, but we'll kind of we'll spoil a little bit of it now. Uh, this past week, Nintendo had a direct. They did. And... They gave a lot of stuff, but one of the most pleasant surprises of the Direct was that we got a new Tetris game, and uh, it yes. was free. Yeah, uh, for the p- subscribers of the Nintendo Network, yes, free. Yes. Um, it's called Tetris 99, and basically you're playing Tetris against 99 other people. Yeah, and there can be only one yeah. winner. If you would look at this on paper... You're like, okay, so it's Tetris again? I mean, we are both of the age where we grew up, well, maybe more so me than you, but remember the original, original brick Game Boy with Tetris? Um, I, I had a Game all Boy that with Tetris. It has spawned Sir, I had a then. black 10-gen Tetris cartridge. Not the Nintendo one. I had the OG 10-gen unauthorized copy. And that version was actually better than the Nintendo one that came later. Although, you know, the Nintendo music is obviously iconic. So, you know. yeah. In any case, uh, Tetris 99. On paper, you would you would laugh. You'd go, eh, what? Come on, it's Tetris. How, many, yeah. how, how much? It's Tetris. And yes, in execution, yeah, it's Tetris. Yeah. But, but it's so but much more. It's... <laughs> It's as soon as you introduce a, a competitive aspect to it with targeted garbage dumping. Yep. Suddenly it becomes a whole new animal. Yeah, it's insane. It is just the intensity of the game is so much more than when you're just playing standard Tetris. So a quick like Aside, not aside, but a tie-in. So I think, I don't know for sure, because I don't know how many versions of Tetris are out there. I'm sure there's a million, right? Many. Okay. And I, I'm not an, an, a Tetris, uh, you know, I, I, lo- I love Tetris. Who doesn't yeah. love Tetris, right? It's, it's like Tetris. the ultimate video game. Um, but I don't know how many versions have been online over the years. Mm-hmm. So I could be you know in the dark on this but like my first exposure to competitive tetris was on the nintendo ds i'm pretty sure yeah yeah the ds not the 3ds the ds and they had a tetris game for it and that one was online you could do up to four players i think online yeah competitive tetris Mm -hmm. and that as a person who grew up with tetris mainly as a single-player experience, that was so relevatory to me to, because I got to see three other people playing Tetris a lot, you know, against them. And like how I got to see how other people played the game and their strategies for playing the game yeah. blew my mind in a good way because now I'm a much better Tetris player, and I have my own strategies and my mm-hmm. own method of, uh, of playing now that has made me so much better. But even then, even with even with my my pretty good Tetris prowess, man, Tetris ninety nine is hard. 
So People are hard. so good at that game. It's hard, yeah, and man. And the difficulty has only increased dramatically since the game came out. There's a certain time at night where, you know what? Don't the- even bother. <laughs> all all the hardcores are I think are it's kind of like past like 7 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah. I, I jumped on last night for a couple matches. I average like mid to high, mid-20s to... You know, low thirties usually in my finishes. I didn't crack seventy last night. Yeah, it's. I'm three pieces in. I'm already getting sent four junk lines. I'm like, how? Yep. How? Well, uh, your your targeting strategy can have something to do with it. So I'm trying to figure out the best way, the best targeting strategy. And right now, I've gone back and forth on this. Yeah. And I think right now, my my main play is to just stay random until the, the field clears out a little then i get vindictive because yeah. at that point you need to to kind of survive yeah um but if you just if you if you start off trying to attack or play for badges right away you are going to get found out quickly and that's when it the proverbial uh poo hits the fan yeah so I, you got to be careful with, with your strategy there. Originally, I was starting on badges, and then once I passed the 50 player mark, switch to KOs. Yes. And most of the time, that will usually work. Other than that, I'll just go random. Um, or if I'm getting targeted by a couple of people, I'll switch to attackers. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I mean, it, you know, it's so Nintendo to take this simple goofy concept yeah. that you would you would like you would almost laugh at from any other company and yet they find a way to make it the hottest thing going right now in video games yeah <laughs> like people are going insane over this yeah as far as far as um what we would next think would make a good battle royal game mm. it's this like okay if you're talking battle royal like this to me is not a quote-unquote battle royal game as in comparison to what now is considered a battle royal game. Your Fortnites, your Call of Duties, your things like that. Mm. Um, it's just like a bunch of people playing Tetris against everyone, last one standing wins. Um, I, you know what? I don't really know what you could apply the formula to, hmm. the current battle royal formula. I don't know. Fighting game, Battle Royale. I mean, that's kind of... You can't all fight each other at once, obviously, but maybe... That, that, you, you then could, it's just a tournament. Yeah, but you could do it with one health bar. You get dumped in, and it, then from there, it's just go. It's possible. Could work. Yeah. They've done that in... Uh, they have like survival mode in most fighting games, and that's kind of what that yeah, is. Yeah, it'd be kind of like they that. They don't except have like an online survival mode. No, I get that. Yeah, it's possible. I'd definitely be willing to explore it. All right, Brendan, thank you very much for the questions. We appreciate it. Now on to the um, hmm, the T block and the square of the Devil's Due. Uh, Mr. Allen Waiters and Mr. J. Gelsomino, as always, we will let them fight over which one is which. Starting with Mr. Allen Waiters, Carl and Drew, with a new 
younger generation never experiencing the joy of the original Game Boy and remastering is becoming popular, what Game Boy or NES game would you like to see remastered for the Switch? After watching the Nintendo Direct, what dis- impressed you most? What disappointed you? We'll get to that in news. What uh, what do you, Game Boy slash NES game do you want to see remastered? Maybe like the first Super Mario Land I could see being done. Yeah. Um, it was a good game, but it was very odd. And I think, if I recall, it was like they, they gave, they, they let a, a non-traditional Mario developer develop that game. And like, it, it's Mario. Yeah. Undistinctly. It's very distinctly Mario. And a submarine shooting torpedoes. Yeah. There was, but yet it had these weird quirks to it. Yeah. And uh, those tend to be the, the, you know, most interesting Mario games sometimes. I mean, not not always, but they're interesting at least. Yeah. That could be fun. Uh, the Castlevania game, I think, was uh, pretty cool. And I, but they might have redone that. They they actually might have remastered that um, for one of the later handhelds. But something like that would be cool. Um, I, my selection's pretty easy. I would love to see a graphically remastered, don't you dare touch the gameplay, uh, Super Dodgeball. Because as much as I love that game, which I've said numerous times on the show... It's, it is great. It's visually painful to watch at times. It can be. Because the characters are just blinking in they and flicker, out of existence yeah. so mean, often. It, for to get that many sprites on an NES was impressive at, yeah. for the time, but at the same time, uh, yeah, flickering is a thing. So yeah, it's a trick to get them on. There. Don't touch the gameplay. Okay, just fix the graphics. Okay, I'd be very happy. With I that. can't. They must have. They must have at some point done a, a remaster of that game. There have been other air quote dodgeball games, but yeah, nothing but the, has equaled how good the gameplay is on that game. I'm gonna find out. Okay, so, Carl, this year marks the 10th anniversary of Street Fighter IV. God, I feel old. Uh, was, the game, was the game more important to resurrecting fighting games as we know it, or more importantly, reviving Capcom as a great developer, since it brought back franchises like Mega Man, Devil May Cry, and Onimusha? Is Onimusha back? I'm going to say no. <laughs> um. It, I would say Street Fighter Four gave was the catalyst to give birth to the new golden age of fighting games we find ourselves in now. It revitalized the genre. It gave it new life. It brought a whole generation of new players into the genre. It you know began the fighting game community down the road to esports and. Like for crying out loud, you can. There are Street Fighter tournaments that I've watched on ESPN. What world are we living in where this happens? But yeah, Street Fighter Four was definitely the catalyst to that. Um, I don't think we can go so far as to say Capcom has become a great developer again. No, because no, when Street Fighter Street Fighter Four, <laughs> big success. Yes. Every fighting game since then, with the exception of Marvel vs. Capcom 3, and even that had its stumbles, um, has not been met with the same success. Well, that even outside of Street Fighter, it's, it's very hit and miss. Yeah, we haven't really gotten like new Resident Evil games. We're just getting a bunch of reissues. Well, I mean, 7 is new. I mean, I would I would count that as, as I mean, it's within the okay. last couple of years, and they took it they 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 took the franchise kind of in a new direction, made it first person, 
um, made it scary again and kind of de-emphasized the action element, which had yeah. been really prevalent since four. Um, so I mean that's fine, but you know Resident Evil is a pretty reliable franchise for them. It's never it's it's rarely outright bad. Yeah. So, I mean, meanwhile, Mega Man's been you know a tire fire for a long time, and, and Mega Man Eleven was great. Yeah, but I mean, before that, it, yeah, before it's been that real, and since then, it's just uh, like yeah, they they they, they, they haven't doing, really committed to it, and they could be doing a lot more with that franchise with that character. Frankly, with all their franchising character, like yeah, they brought they gave us a new Devil May Cry game, and I guess but, it's doing well. Is it okay? Devil May Cry was never really my franchise. So, same, you know, same. All the power to the the fans of that series onimusha a great franchise that i kind there were aspects of it i liked better than resident evil but just re-releasing the original game i would not does not qualify as bringing the series back you know what would make capcom like a top tier developer again give them give them the disney license like back in the nes days <laughs> oh jeez. Give me the, yeah. give me the new Ducktales, new Ducktales, yep. Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Give me a, a, a Arkham Asylum version of Darkwing Duck. <laughs> sure, yes. <laughs> Why not? Let's do that. All right. So, Drew, with Nintendo on fire right now, as you reflect and think, is the Wii U more appreciated now since many of its ports are selling well on the Switch? Do you see Nintendo and Platinum Games making of Bayonet, makers of Bayonetta having a similar partnership to Rare Nintendo or Sony Nintendo? Sony, so, Sony Nintendo. I, maybe he's referring to partnerships that dissolved. Hmm, okay. Uh, well, the Wii U being more appreciated. Um, no, I think people still have their feelings about the system itself, but. Um, I maintained that it was great because the games were great and the games still are great and they're being sold again to a, a wider audience now with the switch and people are finding out about the games and they're going, Oh yeah, yeah. This, these games are great. Um, but I mean, you know, it, it, the fact that they're coming out for the switch though, doesn't necessarily mean people are going to automatically give the Wii U a, you know, some kind of new dreamcast esque, yeah. you know, love affair after the fact. I, I don't see it happening, but then again, Maybe. I mean, we'll see. Uh, I think the Wii U was a great proof of concept for what we ended up getting with the Switch. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately when it comes down to it, the Wii U was a, a, a misstep for Nintendo. But yes as, no. as with Nintendo's past missteps, they were able to take the foundation of what they were trying to do, build on that, and improve on that. Yeah. Because, like, we get, the Wii U, to me, it wasn't a great system. The games were great, but the system itself wasn't great. Ultimately, it gave us the Switch. And right. The Switch is just fantastic on all fronts. Well, the Switch is like, it's like the, it's the realization of what they wanted the Wii, the Wii U to be. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's what we were trying to do. We were trying to do the handheld, the, the TV, and the yada, yep. yada. Yo, you, that's the yeah. ticket. There we go. But hey, that's okay. It's not failure. It's just success training, right? Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell that to Virtual Boy. It's all a matter of perspective. Um, okay. And so, as far as uh, Platinum Games goes, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not going to put them in the rare tier. Um, rare had a, a run there that was pretty pretty lofty. Um, I feel like Platinum Games, while they make... 
they make well-made games, they're often very, um, shall we say, love them or hate them kind of games. You could tell you're playing a platinum game. Yeah, it's kind of like a palette swap. I wouldn't say that. It's just, it's just if, if you're not into their style, and you, you then you know, it can, case in point, me and Bayonetta. I own Bayonetta. I try. I gave yeah. a shot. Mm-hmm. Do I recognize that this is a polished? insane experience that is well done and all of it's for what it's trying to do yeah i I recognize that do i like it yeah i feel the same way about uh transformers devastation okay they had such a great opportunity to make a truly awesome transformers generation one game and it's it's good but they lean too heavily on what their formula is and that formula doesn't quite fit with transformers well let me ask you this does that concern you a little bit seeing as they are the i think they're the developer for marvel uh ultimate alliance um time will tell okay because we've seen some early gameplay of ultimate alliance 3 and it's clearly not in that vein okay um as long as they keep it close to the formula of the original ultimate alliance games Mm -hmm. Like, I need to be able to switch seamlessly at any time between my t- teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, they'll be able to do that. Okay. So, yeah. All right, Alan, as always, thank you. And now on to Mr. J. Gelsomino. Carl and Drew, when all the dust clears from the Marvel Netflix deal and everyone's back on Team Marvel, how would you reintroduce Daredevil? Pretend the layoff never happened? Start from scratch completely, or maybe use flashbacks from season one to three to fill in blanks for the newbies. Hmm, that's a good question. It's it's a tough call because, like, especially in the episode tonight, I feel like it's going to be a well. This is this is a okay. Assuming that it can happen, we're going to talk about this in the yeah. news. It's going to be a little bit of a wait. At least two years. But I feel like it's going to be a quick two years. Hope so. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i old, so time goes by very quickly for me, kids. Yep. <laughs> for you, maybe not so much. But to me, ah, I was a boy, but yesterday. Anyway. Uh, so, and plus in today's, you know, things move fast and people, people forget fast. But at the same time, um, if something was good, people don't necessarily forget fast. And I don't think you need to... Um, reboot it and i don't think you need to do like flashback scenes or whatever yeah i think if they're if they get the ball rolling quickly and on time they could pick right up where they left off and people would be fine with that yeah i mean just acknowledge the gap of time in in the show like yeah bring back the original cast yeah just say that Fisk has been consolidating his power for the past three years in the shows, whatever, and then just kind of pick up right where you left off. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Uh, Drew, Mm. have you begun to breathe with the switchblade? (laughs) Um, Yeah. Sure. Let's see what he's got. Can we get some background on this? Switchblade Jay White. Okay. And JPW Champion. We've been over this. Okay. His catchphrase is breathe with the switchblade. Is that similar to rubbing the blood? Uh, no. It's no. No. Right. It's, I just wanted to make sure. It's, But it's almost as cringy. 
Okay. But it's intentional. All right. They wanted you to buy Rub the Blood. Jay White's supposed to be a heel. Okay. Carl, they announced Jaws Funkos. Oh, boy, did they. They announced a lot of Funkos this they week. Don't, J- Jay had a big Jaws week. Jaws yeah. Funkos and the board game. Yeah. Uh, we both We both know we're both getting them all. That's not not wrong. Um, what other Jaws Funkos would you like to see them make? Armless Sean Brody from Jaws 4 springs to mind. Um, I am down for a series of Funkos for each Jaws movie. That, I, 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 do okay, it. slow down. Do it. Okay. Give me, give me Two-Face Jaws from Jaws 2. You know, the scarred on one side. Uh-huh. Give me Brody and the little rub, rubber raft. You know, I'll be happy. Uh, Jaws 3, I mean, come on. Calvin Bruchard, give me my Louis Gossett Jr. Funko Pop. Give me a Jaws Shark 2-pack, the mother and then the baby shark. Um, can, can we have the Jaws 4 Roaring Shark? Yes. Yes, we can. Okay. But most importantly of all, we can have Hoagie. Sure. Yeah. Did they, with this Jaws Funko announcement, um, I saw I saw we have Quint, we have Brody, yes. we have Hooper. Uh, Hooper. And Jaws. And Jaws. Yep. No boat? No boat yet. We need a boat. I'd be very surprised if we didn't get like a... We need a the Orca. Orca with we, Quint. Yes, we, we need the Orca. Yeah. Yeah, we do. It's really a star really unto itself do. at the movie. It really is. And I was actually talking with Jay at work because, uh, you know, we we work together now. I know. Um, Funko Pops we haven't gotten yet. Tombstone. We haven't gotten Tombstone Funko Pops. The movie? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we haven't gotten uh, No Holds Barred Funko Pops. I, think we can. <laughs> I, I, I mean, we're good there, Come I think. Come on. You get the Zeus Funko Pops. got the one eye, and the other eye is just a little bit lower. Well, than I'll, I'll leave Tiny Lister alone, man. <laughs> yeah. He, he's fine. We're good. Okay. I mean, because outside of Hulk Hogan and Zeus, I mean, who are you going to have in that in that line? Um, the guy who peed his pants, sure, or pooped his pants, I should say. Call him Dookie guy. Oh, the Dookie. That movie got made. That was released in theaters. Yeah, yeah. Oh God. And you know what the sad part about this, Carl? It, this is not the last Hulk Hogan related news item that we're going to talk about. No. And uh, it the movie, give the movie credit though it did that inter- will slow down slow down <laughs> give the credit it did introduce us to the concept of the octagon <sighs> no you, you <laughs> no stop that what it did okay sure the original X Men movie stole from No Holds Barred Wolverine's oh. intro uh, the cage fighting it's how they introduced Zeus. <sighs> I'm pretty sure cage footing was a thing before an old old Listen. Oh, God. Oh, I, got, I, got see, four, no. I got five words for you, Drew. Oh, five words. Family show. Go on. No holds barred special episode. Oh. The battle <laughs> of the tough guys. <laughs> we need to watch it for the show. So, whatever that guy's name who played the villain, he ended up in Wayne's World. Yeah, yeah, I kept wanting him to yell 
obscenities at Wayne and Garth. And Wayne, Wayne. It never, it never <laughs> happened. He was such a different character. He was so, he was so deliciously evil and no he holds barred. Left, a, left, a, left an impact on me at, at a young age. Yeah. Anyway. Oh man, so great. No holds barred. Rip them. Stop. Stop. Rip them. No. Doing, doing the hand gesture. You know, and here's the thing. No holds barred tangent. <laughs> no holds barred tangent. <laughs> Look at this. This is what we get, folks. Like. Hulk Hogan was essentially just playing himself in that movie. Yep. It was made by WWE. Yep. Did we need to have him play a character named Rip? Like, just just, just make it the Hulkster. <laughs> like, what's the point? I don't know. Like... Give us Rip. No, nah, you know... Why didn't he become Rip when he went to WCW? Yeah, I, I don't know, dude. I mean, Zeus came in as Zeus. Yeah. And and later on, Z Gangsta in WCW, but we don't talk about that because that was terrible. Yeah. But no holds barred. No holds barred. Got to do a commentary. Rip them. I'm not, re- I'm not ready to do that commentary track, dude. I'm Come not. on, Drew. Do the rip them, man. No, no. I, I can't. What was his brother's name? He crippled. Randy? Randy? Randy. He's a Randy. Yeah, that's a fun good we could get. Crippled Randy. Crippled Randy Funko Pop. <laughs> crippled Randy. I like it. I like it. Oh man! All right, let's let's move on from the the emails to the news of the week. Open up the uh, case files, Drew. As we mentioned before, we got a Nintendo Direct this week, and sure Nintendo just showered did. down the goodies. Yeah, tell they, the good people what we're getting, Drew. Oh, uh, hang on, you have the phone up. I don't have the list in front of me. Uh, uh, let me I, tell you, you're getting a lot of stuff. They announced like. 20-something games in that thing. Maybe more. It was just like, yeah. here, take all the information. Um, I, I tend to be like, you know, whatever on a lot of the Japanese RPGs that are coming out for the system, which which seemed like a lot based on that direct, but, you know, there's a huge market for that in Japan, obviously, and they have the fans elsewhere in the world that like that genre as well, so if you're psyched up for that new Fire Emblem game, hey, man, go go nuts. But I was a little more psyched up about Marvel uh, Ultimate Alliance 3, which I think they said comes out this summer. Yes. Yeah? Okay. It's coming soon then. Uh, Super Mario Maker 2. Yes. I had a lot of fun with that on the Wii U, and um, I would very much like to uh, do more of it on the Switch. And probably the, uh, the big one of the direct was the announcement teaser for legend of Zelda links and awakening remastered. Yeah. Now, now go on. Let me, cause I don't have the experience with this game that you do. Okay. I got really excited when I saw the visual style of the teaser. Mm-hmm. And then that excitement just cratered when I saw the graphics of the game. Okay. So why are you upset about, graphics in the game it, it's it's the game boy game yeah. but updated it's it's the game boy game but updated but it looks like it looks like a mobile game no it just it, looks like an updated game boy game it looks like a mobile game like i got really excited when i saw like the hand-drawn art and whatnot i thought that the i was really hoping the game would be in that visual style because if the but game the, was but in the that overhead the style, overhead zelda style doesn't mesh with that you don't that, know that till they try <laughs> It, and from what I've seen, the graphics—they're not trying very hard. It's a—it's—it—it'll it, be fine. It's fine. 
Um, it's a Game Boy game. It's a remake of a Game Boy game. It's it's not a full tilt. It's not what we consider to be a full tilt Zelda game in the year of our Lord 2019. Yeah. Breath of the Wild has kind of changed those those parameters, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it. Um, so I'm totally fine with it. Uh, Link to the Past was the SNES game, and then they kind of used that as a template to make Link's Awakening on the Game Boy. And it's amazing that they did, actually, because it's a very robust game. Uh, it's a full, t- full-blown Zelda game adventure on the Game Boy, which at the time, the idea that you could do that on such a small thing like you know this, on this little itty cartridge is was pretty it's pretty incredible that they pulled it off so they're gonna and people have a lot of affinity for that game and this is the first time in 26 years oh my god um that uh they're going back to that well so this is this is cool that they're that they're doing that where does it place for you in the zeldas is it uh, you know i'm one of those guys who considers the console games to be the truth, and then the handheld games are just kind of there. So, okay. among the handhelds, it's great. It's one of the best ones for sure. Okay. So it is very quirky, mind you. Though it, it's it's a weird Zelda game. Yeah. I'm not sure if you noticed in the trailer, but there were chomp chomps and goombas in it. Mm-hmm. Those aren't the only Mario enemies in the game. It, it's got weird <gasps> shared universe. Kind of. Is it a shared universe? Kind of. It's a little weird. It's a little weird. It's out there for a Zelda game, but it'll be fun. Yeah. Like I said, I think uh, I, th- I think a lot of people saw the you know the Zelda logo before they saw the graphics and were like, <gasps> I th- uh, not that there- not to say that there's a lot of like newbies in the Zelda fan community, but I think Breath of the Wild has skewed things so wildly because it's such a universally beloved yeah. game now that. People thought maybe they were going to get that again. And yeah. It's like, mm, that's, dude, that's that's that a game once a generation a, game at most. Yeah. Like that game took a long time to make. Yeah, you're not going to see a Zelda game like that until the next Nintendo system. It, it it might close out the Switch's life or launch the next Nintendo console or probably both. Yeah, like Breath of the Wild <laughs> and. Twilight Princess? Twilight Princess. No, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah Close yeah. out yes. the yes. Wii, brought in the Wii U. That is correct, sir. Um, Bloodstained. Bloodstained, Ritual of the Nights. Yes, let's do this. Um, you know me and the Metroidvanias, and yep. this is from the guy who helped make that a thing. Let's let's do that. Especially since uh, Circle of the Moon, the 8-bit-styled one, was so enjoyable. I'm looking forward to this now being the full-fledged game that, you know, We've been looking forward to for, oh man, probably three or four years since the Kickstarter went up. So, time to get hype. Cool. Um, those were the big ones from the show. And then, of course, we got Tetris 99. Yep. The game um, we never knew we wanted. Yeah. A lot of indie love. Yeah. Which is great. I mean, I like as, as I play Hollow Knight, and I have, a, like I said, my short list of indie games that I want to get into next. Um, Nintendo seems to be throwing their support behind independent gaming, and... Uh, it seems to be going well for them. So, good. Do Sweet. it. Do it up. All right, Drew. Well, let's let's talk about uh, as inevitable as the sands of time. We knew mm. this was coming. The final nails have been put into the coffin of the Netflix Marvel Universe. The universe that spawned this very show. Kind of, yeah. Um, um, so- it, was, it was announced this week, and again, to the surprise of no one, uh, that Punisher and Jessica Jones would were 
Punisher season two was the final season of Punisher. The next season of Jessica Jones will be the final season for Jessica Jones. Do you find the timing a little weird? I find it strange because they typically wait till after the season is out to announce the cancellation. So it seems like they're just kind of thrown. I mean, we all knew Jessica Jones eventually was going to be canceled. Sure. Um, but the fact that they're announcing it, like the third season doesn't come out to the summertime. And I'm interested to see what they do with the third season. Um, Got a spoiler for you. What? Kilgrave's coming back. Cool. Um, Somehow. Yeah. that's I'm fine with that because, you know, comics. Um. So, yeah, it just, like, we knew it was coming. It was inevitable. Uh, Jeff Loeb wrote a letter to the fans. Yes. Kind of put the onus on Netflix for this whole thing. Uh, It's, it's, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, yes. I mean, they're, from their perspective, Marvel's not going to be showing them any love once their service gets up and running. So Netflix wants to double down on all of their original content. They could keep punt. You mean like, look, they have the rights to these Marvel things. They could keep putting money into them to make new seasons and not own the rights to it outright. Yeah. Or they could say, Hey, have a nice day. We had a nice little thing going. Yeah. It worked out pretty well for both of us for a little while. And they can take that money and put it into original content that they control and own and can do what they want with. I think ultimately I, it, just, it was probably a case of Disney going, okay, we will play out these existing contracts. And I think each show was contracted for five seasons. Um, we'll play out the existing contracts, but after that we're not renegotiating. The characters are coming back to us, and that's just what's going to be. And Netflix is probably like, then why are we going to bother putting in the money and effort Right. That's well, like I said, exactly. And I get that. It, that makes, from both that makes sides, honestly, sense. it makes sense. It, yeah. it, I don't know if there's, I don't, you know, it, 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 it stinks as a fan because yeah. I want more Daredevil, you know, and stuff. But like, I understand the reasons why it happened. And I'm not going to say that it's either party's fault per se. Yeah. The stars just, they grew apart for valid reasons. And this is the way it had to go. It just it, it wasn't gonna. It was not gonna sustain itself the way it was, with the, given the trajectories of Disney with their streaming service and Netflix with their commitment to original property. What ultimately do you think the legacy of the Netflix shows, the Netflix Marvel universe? What do you think ultimately it will be? Uh, it's a mixed bag. I think. Um, I. Th- uh, I think we, we, we got out of the gate hot with Daredevil taking off in a big way. Um, and I think after that, the perception that I feel just from casually reading, you know, think pieces and comments and just kind of getting the lay of the land of the opinion on, on this, kind of a missed opportunity in a way because of the obvious complaints of padding with the yeah. seasons and um, the, how do I want to say this? Maybe the lack or the mixed messaging of some of its shows. 
specifically Luke Cage and the Punisher shows that could have been, you know, for whatever, however you want to coin this about something, but kind of middled it in the end, um, rather than taking a, a, a side for what they were trying yeah. to do. They kind of, they alluded to it to a side, but then kind of wanted to have it both ways. So, and then not to mention it just, you know, the quality very mixed like Luke Cage off to a great start. The minute cotton mouth goes out the window. So kind of does the show, you know, like but it's still not bad. No, but it's right. Like it felt like it was going to be great. And then it just kind of reverts to good. <laughs> like, yeah. eh, eh, oh. I, th- I think at the end of the day, we got one really good show. Yeah. Daredevil. Right. Two pretty good shows, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, mm-hmm. and then two just bad shows. I'm sorry, I'm putting Punisher in the bad show. I haven't watched season two yet, but um, I, I don't have a desire to, and I I, I still... Mm, well, no. You know what? I'm, I have a whole Punisher... As a fan, I have this whole Punisher thought, and, and, and I don't want to go too deep into it, but I just... I see, I see people saying good things about season two and i'm like are we are you have you read the punisher in your life sir that's the thing i don't think they've really read the punisher i don't think they i think they enjoy that version of the character Mm -hmm. without understanding the nuances of the character okay good luck with that I mean, I, uh, I, I sound like such a snob saying that because if they like it, they, if they like the show as presented, I mean, who am I to say that they're wrong? But like, even as a show, it was boring, man. Like, they, come on, punish someone. Yeah. There's not a <laughs> what lot are of we doing here? So anyway, yeah, I think the ultimate. Uh, here's the thing. They did. I mean, it was an ambitious TV proposal, though. Yeah. And they paid it off. Yeah. Defenders was not. Defenders was fine. It was okay. It was what it was meant to be. It was a fun romp with all the characters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I th- they could have done better with like their antagonist ultimately, but like having the characters rub up against each other was fun. So yeah. Anyway, all right. good night, sweet prince. Yeah. Um, Pour one out for the uh, the Netflix Marvel EU. Hey, for what it's worth, Hulu said they're open to picking this picking this back up in two yep. years. Two years, so, folks. Could That's happen. The, these characters are on the clock. They are in the penalty box for two years. Marvel, Disney can't do anything with them per the agreement with Netflix. Um, the shows will, the shows as they exist now will always be on Netflix. Netflix owns those shows. Um, but we're not going to see anything new from these characters for at least two years. Um, all right. Now on to something that I am somewhat excited about. You probably not as much, my friend. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, you know, this is just, you know, a, a path we diverge on. Okay. While still heading in the same direction. Okay. Um, it's being reported. I'm not seeing an official announcement anywhere, but a lot of reputable sources are reporting that there will be a six-episode Obi-Wan Kenobi miniseries on the Disney streaming service, live mm. action, and that Ewan McGregor will return to reprise his role. Now, I'm excited about this because 
of all the bad things about the prequels, his performance was actually one of the things that was good about them. Um, when he was allowed to actually do a performance. Uh, and this seems to be where Disney is going with a lot of things that have potential, but maybe don't warrant a full theatrical release. Like we're seeing it on the Marvel side with the Scarlet Witch show, the Loki show, the, the winter soldier Falcon show, which is the one that's got me most excited. I mean, that's just, Give give me them. It's just them nodding in, in the, car. the Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And just do like hard traveling heroes. <laughs> and I, I, I'm a happy duty. Um, but no, uh, I'm excited about this. I, I was excited about the prospect of an Obi-Wan movie. Um, we're getting a six, you know, six episode series. And yeah. Okay. You don't care. Not in the slightest. He was on the desert planet for 15 years watching Luke grow up, doing nothing. I'm sure he wasn't doing anything. Gets lomely in the desert. Um, you know, all, that's, those, that's all those spaceports around there, there's, there's stuff to be done. I, he's trying to lay low, Carl. <laughs> so, it's like yeah. Brick. Once, Brick killed the guy. <laughs> you might want to lay low for a while. <laughs> Have you listened to the Ron Burgundy podcast yet? Uh, I listened to some of it in the car with uh, with my boss on the way to lunch the other day. It, yeah. it was something. It's like I said, you're not getting Anchorman. Well, you are, but it's just bizarre in a way. But that's kind of that's Anchorman. So yeah. I mean, you know, if you're if you're down for it, go for it. All right, next uh, next news story just broke today. Uh, Thor is going to play Hulk, Drew. Yeah. Uh, Chris Helmsworth. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth. Is signed on to play uh, iconic pro wrestler Hulk Hogan in a biopic. Uh, Drew. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. Mm, uh-huh. This. Mm, you know what that movie's not going to cover, Carl? This seems problematic. Oh, it is. We're just going to forget all about. The, His, racism? the racism? Yeah, we're just, it, it, it's so stupid. Do you know why they're going to pretend like that didn't happen? Because of the stupid lawsuit over Gawker that Hogan won because he was bankrolled by a billionaire who was mad at Gawker for, for telling the truth about the guy. It's also stupid. It's just also stupid. Hogan ended up making a whole ton of money out of that and, yeah. and winning the lawsuit. But the, in the course of the lawsuit is when the racist stuff came out and, like, because he won the lawsuit, somehow he feels like he's exonerated from everything. Like, yeah. Like, no, dude. Y'all, y'all, you did that. You said that. Yep. I don't care if you won your law. I don't care about that. Like, and you're, guess, you're kind of like, a creep. You're kind of a jerk. Didn't he make a big speech to the WWE locker room and not really apologize for anything? That is correct, sir. He, and didn't some of the uh, the the wrestlers of... of of color, of color, they didn't not buy it. Really, no, they didn't yeah. buy it. So, because because he did, he didn't. His <laughs> he gives a speech to the locker room, and what was what people thought was going to be, hey, and like an apology, yeah. like I'm sorry I said those things. It was like it came off like a warning 
to to them to be careful what they say and do because they might be being recorded and it could come back to bite them. Yeah. Like like poor me. That's like he yeah. gave a poor me speech to these to these people. I don't care what color you are. Yeah. I, I'm looking at that guy going like, "What's wrong with you, dude?" Yeah, it's you're it's you're good. the one who did the thing, and you're going to sit there and be like, "Hey, it was wrong what happened to me." No. Yeah. No. It's crazy to think like where he was and what he's become. Like when we were kids, Hulk Hogan was a god. Yeah. And just like the more like so many things in life, the more you learn, the more you wish you didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the old Harvey Dent routine, man. You you, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain. And or that's turn heel. so cynical, but like man, as I it's get true. older, it's kind of true. Yeah. Like I hate <laughs> Liam Neeson. What are you doing, guy? <laughs> Bill Cosby. Brick killed a guy. Oh, man. It's crazy. But, you know, that's that's the world we live in now. And not now. It's always been this way. Yeah. But all I can say, age gracefully, mind what you say. Yeah. And keep in mind that you're not the center of the universe. And I'm by no means saying Bill Cosby is innocent. No. I'm just, I'm just throwing him out as an example. I, well, yeah. Someone we thought was one thing and turned out to be something much, much worse. It's a complicated world. But anyway, Hemsworth is playing Hogan. And here's the thing. I'm okay, like, if, if they're going to do like a, a AmeriQuoting serious take on that, where they cover the warts and all, and they present yeah. him as the character, you know, not the character, as the man he is and was, then okay, and then, you know, cool. But if this is going to be a, a puff piece... Is it being done by WWE? I would. Assume. I didn't see their name on it. No, but Eric Bischoff is executive producing it, and him and Hogan are buddies. So is Bischoff still employed by WWE? No, 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 no. He's been he's been doing various things for fifteen years okay. or so. But it's gonna be a it's, dude. It's gonna be a puff piece. It's gonna be a, a look how great he was yeah. biopic. Just, I I I'm gonna tell just you just right watching now. No Holds Barred. <sighs> I, if given given all that, I as I sit here, I actually have less respect for Chris Hemsworth for taking that role. If if it's going to be this shiny no no warts take on Hogan, yeah, knowing what we know about Hulk Hogan, I lose respect for Chris Hemsworth for taking the role if that's what it's going to be, because that's not right. That's yeah. just not right. Yeah, and wrestling fan here. Racist stuff aside, even Hogan in wrestling circles, man, is a known dirtbag. Like Hogan is in it for Hogan, and that's about it. He, he many many a, a person has been screwed over by Hulk Hogan over the years. Yeah. So, I yeah, I don't need a Hulk Hogan movie. Mal Hogan, I was Hogan out in like '93. <laughs> I, you know what? I would not be opposed to seeing a movie about the beginnings of the WWE, like when not done by WWE, but someone doing it seriously. Of how they never sign off on it. The McMahon's just like built it. 
they like that would be like taking over the territories and whatnot. Yeah, and they stole just, talent from everybody, and they they screwed with TV rights, and they they crushed everyone under their heel. That's what they did. So, You're never going to get that story. You're going to get Vince McMahon's still version of the story. Being an aggressive business person. No, he'll he'll insist that their businesses were, were going to go under anyway, and he, you know, it was inevitable that he would come to the top because they they all they all nationally all of them ran their businesses so poorly that he had to <laughs> he had to save them all or, or whatever. Dude, the McMahon version of history. I've seen I've seen the McMahon version of history. It's pathetic, and it's it. You want to you want to laugh? Watch their Monday Night Wars documentary on the WWE Network. It is the sanit- sanitized. It's the WWE Vince McMahon filtered version of the the Monday Night Wars and yeah. what a revolutionary time it was. Except their version of events is very very different than the reality that I remember living through week to week at, in that time. What? What would you, if people are interested in learning more about this or seeing a documentary on this, point the people in the right direction. What's a, what's a good oh, one to watch? I don't know. Uh, if you want to see Vince McMahon for what he really is, watch Bret Hart. Watch the Wrestling with Shadows documentary from Bret Hart. That thing is eye-opening. You will see the Montreal Screwjob as it happened to a guy. For those who don't know what that is, that's when they literally screwed Bret Hart out of the title on his last night with the company. Um, and he did not know it was going to happen, but it happened. And you get to see all the all the players involved lie and scramble like cockroaches on camera, on documentary film, backstage at a time when that stuff was not done. I know nowadays, every you know, we see everything, yeah. but in the, at that time in, in the mid '90s, you didn't see that kind of stuff because Brett had a documentary crew, and this happened, and it was all caught on tape. And so you get to see the real Vince McMahon there. Um, You get to see a version of Vince, or at least uh, his maniacal ego, um, in a fun way, in a a like, oh my God, that guy's insane kind of way, in uh, Beyond the Mat, which is a wrestling documentary that follows um, some over-the-hill guys and some up-and-comers. Um, it's not WWE. It's not WWE centric, um, but it is. They're in there, but it's more about that, that snapshot in time. So it's kind of a mid late nineties um, snapshot. In terms of like movies, you could watch about the rise of it all. I don't think there are many. There's books I could point you to to yeah. kind of give you the idea. But um, yeah, Vin- Vince McMahon. I'll say this: I would absolutely watch a Vince McMahon biopic but but i and they're and they're making one by the way is wwe yes they are yeah and and that's and i don't that's the one i don't want to see i want to see the one made by someone else who who knows the truth because honestly even though he is a uh, do you have to give him a certain level of credit i do no absolutely absolutely credit full marks to vince mcmahon for being what he is but that's why I want to see a, a dude. He is fascinating. I don't like the guy, yeah, but he's fascinating. He's he is a psychopath. Like he's crazy. He is a bizarre man who has. We, he doesn't know what a taco is. He doesn't know what a burrito is. He thinks it's a steak wrap. I swear to God, this is a thing. He doesn't sneeze. <laughs> 
he refuses to sneeze. And he looks down on people who do because he thinks it makes them look weak. Like, Vince is kind of a nutcase. All right. But that got him where he is. Yeah. A movie about that guy could be really something. Or a, hmm. or even a, even just an autobiography. Or a biography. A detailed biography about him would be yeah. fascinating. All right. Moving on along. Yeah, sorry. Wrestling wrestling tangent there, everyone. Yeah, yeah. No worries. Uh, <laughs> we got we got some some really cool news this week. Uh, Leah Thompson has con- been confirmed to have Yay! a role in the upcoming Howard the Duck animated series. I'm all for that. Uh, yes, obviously, yes. Uh, she was in the live action movie. You had me at Leah Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> Swoon. Yeah. I mean, when I was a boy, Carl. <laughs> the live action movie gave us so much more than than people realize. Gave us Pixar and duck boobs and duck boobs. George Lucas directed that movie. No, he didn't. He produced. He did not direct. Are you sure about that? Yep. The only films George Lucas has directed are American Graffiti. THX one one three eight Star, Star Wars, Wars films prequels yeah I think you're um, right and then Red Tails I believe he directed but that is a Lucas film it was is through and through Lucas film and Lucas that's insane Lucas bankrolled hard into that so much so just you mentioned I mentioned that they gave us Pixar. It bankrolled so hard into it, so much so that when the film bombed, it was the financial failure that it was. As a favor to help alleviate some of the financial burden, Lucas's friend, Steve Jobs, bought the computer animation division of Lucasfilm, which later became Pixar. The more you know. Yep. But, yeah. We strive to educate. Who was actually the director? William Hute. Okay. I don't let me see what else he ended up doing. Uh that's still insane to me though that Lucasfilm was even attached to that movie. Uh Will Willard Willard Huyuk. He is known for uh let's see. Guessing he didn't get a lot of work after that. Try to find a filmography. See all. Director. He's directed four movies. Oh, Howard the Duck was the last. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Uh, he Is he still he, alive. He wrote movies after that. He wrote. Uh, let's see. Did he write No Holds Barred? No. Okay. He wrote a TV movie. He wrote the Radio Land Murders, and then he wrote another TV movie in 2008. He wrote a TV movie. Wow! And that's it. That's his last credit. Was in 2008. Good. Good job, buddy. I wonder if he wrote about dude. He wrote Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Wow. Everyone craps on that one. That's a great movie. I love that movie. Yeah. (laughs) Don't tell me it's bad. Crystal Skull is bad. Oh, yes, it is. Anyway. I wonder if he wrote about that you can access Xbox Live from your Nintendo Switch. Oh, man, don't start, please. Please don't start. I I kind of figured out what what that means, and I I, I don't care, but I kind of know now. Okay. I'm not going to explain it to you because I'm going to do it poorly. So, okay. All right. Our last news article, it was announced earlier this week that we are going to get a Transformers Generation 1 prequel series on Netflix that depicts the events leading up to the war 
on Cybertron. Uh, the beginnings of the war on the Cybertron, I believe it's literally called Transformers War for Cybertron. What's exciting about this is that apparently they're working with the people who did the Machinima trilogy. You speak highly of that. Of uh, the Transformers. The first part is Combiner Wars. The second part is Titan's Return. And third part is Power of the Primes. If you are a Transformers fan and long for good generation one material i highly recommend go on youtube watch them all it is fantastic so you could say that you are quite excited about this prequel series i am cautiously excited okay because if they do it like true generation one i think it will be pretty awesome i think there's some there's some really cool uh mythology to flush out there if they bay it up at all, why? But why would I, they do that? Be, because reasons. I think those fears are. Can be, you can, I think you could put those to bed. And no, those fears will never be put to bed. Uh, I think Bumblebee has changed the game. Um, I will believe that when I see it. It made bank, and from what I hear, it is basically being referred to as it is the reboot of the franchise. I've watched all of Bumblebee I need to watch. First three minutes. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just saying. And that three minutes is awesome. I highly recommend watching it if you haven't already. Well, I'm it's just, I'm just fantastic. Saying. It's what you always wanted a Transformers movie to be. For crying out loud, Drew, they steal a moment from the old 1986 Transformers the movie for Optimus Prime. Does he die? No. Oh, no, no. Okay. Um, but <laughs> Can't go through that again. Yeah. And it's it's great. And then the rest of the movie starts, which I don't care about. I, I don't. Mean, I'm sorry. I don't. No. How do you, you know showed, You showed that you could do it right. In three minutes, you showed that you could do it right. And then you went back to the Bay crap. It wasn't Bay crap, though. It was a totally different movie. It is Bay crap. From what I have been told, it is not. It is, it is completely different than the Michael Bay versions. Like, it's. It's bay crap. They got air quotes Blitzwing in there. All right, all right, it I'm, looks nothing like Blitzwing. That's fine. Bumblebee, bum, Bumblebee's a bug. You, you got me there. Yeah. I didn't see the movie. I'm just telling you what I, what I read. And it was it, apparently it's being referred to as the reboot. And people seem to be way more receptive to Bumblebee than they than they were the Bay movies. So maybe they turned a page. Bob Seger style. Who knows? All right. That does it for the news. Okay. And, Drew, it's been a couple hot minutes. It's been a while. Uh, We talked about Matt in comics last week. It's time to get back to what we do best on the show, some might say. Uh, Really? (laughs) Who would say that? What we do best is Russell Papers. Time to talk about Daredevil. Drew Ron, episode eight. I didn't write down the title and name. Uh, the title of the episode. Do you have it? Uh, no. no. All right. <laughs> I can get it, though. It's episode eight. Uh, the Last Jedi? See, yeah. I see, what, you see what I did there? You see what yeah. I did there? There's the warm fuzzies. But, Carl, Good it's the you. worst Star Wars movie Stop, ever. Shut up. 
No. Ever. Stop. Ever. It's so terrible. Ryan Johnson is the worst. He is he is a bad, bad man. He's the best. <laughs> he gave us what we didn't know we wanted. Did you see the uh uh did you see uh that report that came out that they were canceling his trilogy and then he came on, on Twitter and was just like, No, actually that's not happening. We're just had a meeting yesterday and uh, the 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 outlet that reported it like apologized to him and yeah. he was like, Nope, it's all good. It's a cool dude. What a nice guy. It's a cool dude. <laughs> what episode are we on here? Seven? Eight. Eight. Eight is called Upstairs slash Downstairs. Gotcha. I see what they did with that title. I see what, yeah, it's relevant yep. to the episode, kind of. So, there's there are two, there's one really cool scene in this episode, and then there is what I think, anyway, is the pinnacle of D'Onofrio's performance as Kingpin mm. in this episode. Okay. Not to say Refresh that me. It gets, he goes downhill from there because he, do, he does not, but he definitely plateaus. Um, the scene with Karen at the end, when Karen goes to see Fisk, upon rewatching it, just seeing the little subtle things he's doing in that scene... And just how he exemplifies the character in that scene is just freaking fantastic. Mm. It's so good. He's helped out with a little bit of clever cinematography that I picked up on the second time around that I did in the first time around. Uh, but just that scene, like little, the subtle facial gestures he's doing when she's telling him that he ki- she killed Wesley and and that... And it just is just what I would point one of the things I would point to about saying that's that's why no one else can touch this character for a very, very long time. The man is an actor. <laughs> um and yeah, he, he's nailed he's nailed this whole whole show. He he has nailed his performance. I know some people have a problem with it, they think it's weird and whatever, but yeah. like I've Sorry, those you know people are wrong. Uh, yeah I like dude if I've seen like you know I've seen versions of the Kingpin that are just you know uh, we've seen John Reese Davies <laughs> no I've seen John Reese Davies baby uh, I've but I I think I know I think people want like the gruff tough no nonsense um, I don't know call I'm just gonna call it for what I think it is the the generic boss yeah character of the Kingpin it's too easy to do it's it's just it's yeah, too easy. And it's, it's not cliche interesting. almost. Yes, yeah, right. It's not interesting. Whereas Donatello gives you that, but he gives you a whole ton yeah. of nuance. I don't want the kingpin to be Tony Soprano. Right. Right. I don't even want the kingpin to be Vito Corleone. Okay. I mean, I want the kingpin to be what Donatello is doing with him. I mean, there is vulnerability in the comics as well, if you know where to look for it. Like, the, yeah. he, and the whole devotion to his wife and all that, that, that is in the comic. I mean, it's, yep. and the way he executes it all, that, that guy can, that, that dude put a lot of work into that performance, and it's great. And it shows. The, the he other, full marks. Yeah. The other really cool scene in this episode was the whole uh, ricocheting the bullets. <laughs> From when Matt and Nadim break into 
Dex's apartment. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they go straight up to, like, Dex comes home, and they go straight up to, uh, like, fire escape to two apartments above. And then Dex is shooting at them by ricocheting the bullets off of the fire escape across the street. Now, I'm sure that <laughs> that, that, that stretches credulity in real life. But for a character uh, like Bullseye... No, it's physics. It, it, the math it, works. That's, I did the math. That's what I want to see out of <laughs> Bullseye. That's yeah. exactly what I want to see. It's. I mean, this episode was pretty solid through and through. Um, we get a, some follow-up with uh, Julie after Dex's unfortunate first day with her. And then Julie goes away permanently. Yeah. She gets a little ping to the side of the head. Goes away. Yeah. I didn't catch that the first time through that she had died, that they killed her. I thought they just like tranquilized her to hold her as like leverage on Dex. But then, you know, spoilers later on, Matt finds the body. I was like, I was oh, gonna oh, say, yeah, don't they find yeah. her in that freezer or whatever? Or? So, um, well, we also get uh, Melvin comes back here, right? No, no, nope. Sorry. That was Oh, I'm I have my seven notes open. Yeah. Eight. There we go. Boom. Um I did kind of like the uh teamwork with uh Nadim and Matt actually. Nadim's yeah. finally starting to like get the picture. Yep. He's been annoying me most of the season with his bullheadedness and gullibility. Yes, gullible and, and whatnot. But um yeah, he's they're finally getting their act together. Um Foggy uh, was gonna confront the DA. And he did. And he did. And it's going good. And then he realizes what Karen is doing. Yeah. Yeah. And Foggy um, is loyal to a fault to his friends. <laughs> yes. Because um, what he's doing is working. He's kind of handing the DA his butt in yeah. the debate. I, I was watching him do his thing. I'm like, man, Foggy's got, got this in the bag. And then, until he doesn't. Until he doesn't. Yeah. Um, hang on, check on my notes. Sorry. I should probably do this, you know, before we start talking about it. Yeah, that whole scene with Karen was really good. And, man, I don't, uh... We get the bomb at the end of the episode that you and I as Daredevil fans knew was coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, they do it really well, I think. Like, Matt is in the basement of the church, and Maggie is upstairs praying. Question about that, though. I mean, it's obviously we knew it was coming. Yeah. Spoilers. Spoilers. Maggie, Maggie is, is his mother. Maggie is Matt's biological mother. Um, If she didn't want her to know, why'd she say it out loud when she knows he has... I don't... I think she knows he has abilities, but I don't think she knows how they work to the extent of which they work. Okay. I don't know if uh, I, I, I again I'm well versed in the character, so I knew this was coming. But I wonder if uh, someone who might not be was surprised by that, or if it left any real impact on them at all. I'm sure it probably was a surprise. If you're if this is the only intro, the only interaction you have with this character, it probably very much was a surprise. Okay, but I think like I know we're probably kind of cutting this episode a little short, but I think like the two big things in this episode were that confrontation between Karen and Fist. Oh, yeah. And... It's a great scene. Yeah. And the bullseye. The bull, 
bullseye the being deep bullseye. thing. Yeah, he, he's great. Yeah. That guy's really. Uh, we're never gonna see him again. <laughs> never say never. All right. If the age we've been living in since 2008 has taught me anything, it's yeah. Never, Drew. We live in a world where Aquaman made a billion dollars. Anything is possible. I suppose when you put it Anything like that. Anything is when possible. When you put it like that, I guess you're right. We we could we could get a, a He-Man Thundercats crossover live action film. We could theoretically. I mean, yeah, we could. Be sure. great. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I I really feel like we're cutting this episode short, but it is kind of late, and you and I are not as young as we used to be. Um, <laughs> yeah. Matt and Nadim at Dex's, not a lot going on there. Matt swipes a couple of the therapy tapes. Yeah, yeah. And then... Secrets out, yeah. to a degree. We see we see in this episode the full, full change of Dex from who he started the series as to who he's going to finish the series as because he just makes a decision... He's gonna. He burns the tapes at the end of the episode, and then he goes to see Fisk, and yeah, he has his primal scream and whatnot. And yeah, he's he's foregoing any sense of uh, rehabilitation or yeah. or therapy. He's he's going full heel, man. He's he's embraced the new him. This is his. He is kicking the old him through the barbershop window. Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. See. Would you say super kicking? Yes, exactly. With authority. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the rockers. Yeah. There I, were no I, demolition. No, no, no. Who was? No one could be. Well, I mean, and then <laughs> I, 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 I would spin that around and be like, well, that, that, there were no de- road warriors. Demolition was no road warriors. <laughs> but anyway. I preferred demolition. Wow. Um, well, you know, the Road Warriors were, like, you knew the Road Warriors. Demolition were new hotness. They were the ripoff hotness, but sure, yeah. It was unique enough. Yeah. So, yeah. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> All right, folks, that just about does it for us this week. Um, sorry, we're kind of cutting the uh, the Daredevil breakdown a little bit short, but it's getting on 10 o'clock here. Drew and I both have to work in the morning. Drew's getting up at... 5 a.m. to work out. You like that, don't you? 5.30. I don't like that. Yeah, well, yeah. We got to do what we got to do. But, dear listeners, if you would like to send us any questions or comments, yell at us for cutting short uh, a breakdown episode of Daredevil, you can do so at the following locations. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. Please like our page. You can email us at thedevilsdopod at gmail.com, or you can uh, find all these resources available to you on our website, thedevilsdopodcast.com. Drew, that being said, any last words? Like forever or just closing thoughts? Closing thoughts. Oh, okay. Uh, Go to bed early. Yeah. Kids. Michael's Say your prayers. Eat your vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. My, my closing thoughts. Rip them. Oh, Rip boo, em. boo you. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks for joining us again. Courts adjourned.